Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for August 1st is Isaiah chapters 64 through 66, finishing up another great book. At the end of chapter 63 in yesterday's reading, we see this prayer, this prophetic prayer coming from the people of God. And I'm sharing this to set the context of where we pick up in 64. And the people are praying, Yahweh, you are our father. Your name is our redeemer from ancient times. Why do you make us stray from your ways? You harden our hearts so we don't fear you. Chapter 64 begins, If only you would tear or rend the heavens open and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. Again, prophetic imagery, mountains are kings or important people, people with power and authority. How amazing would it be if God ripped the heavens open and came down and the wicked rulers of this world in every nation and people group trembled before him and got right with him or were removed. How we need that, don't we? If only Yahweh would come down, tear the heavens open, so that the mountains, so that the rulers, the kings, the governors, the presidents, the prime ministers would quake at his presence, just as fire kindles brushwood and fire boils water. Yahweh, make your name known to your enemies. Down in verse 7, no one calls on your name. Doesn't it feel that way, striving to take hold of you? God, for you have hidden your face from us and made us melt because of our iniquity. Iniquity is the type of sin that's like willing, like we're choosing to do wrong. We know it's almost like premeditated. It's sin in the first degree. And yet, even though we do that, Yahweh, you are our father. We're the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. Do not be angry or remember our iniquity forever. And so we see this shift of the true people of God who understand that he is father, that he loves us and that he brings about discipline and pruning to grow us, to correct us, to point us in the right path because he disciplines those whom he loves. Other people who don't have that understanding of God as father, when they go through hard times, they blame him. They say he's unjust. They say he's even wicked. Or they say things like, if that's what God is like, I want nothing to do with him. And they choose to become atheist or maybe agnostic. And God's response is weighty in chapter 65. I was sought by those who did not ask. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that did not call on my name. And he goes and lists the sins of these people who are his people who continually choose false gods. 
verse 11, 65, 11, you who abandon Yahweh, who forgot my holy mountain, who prepare a table for fortune, good fortune, it's a potentially one of the pagan gods of that time, and fill bowls mixed of mixed wine for destiny, also called many, the god of fate. They're forsaking the one true living God and going after the pagan gods, the ideas, the man-made imaginations that supposedly can give them what they want. See, we all want something and God is the giver of all good things, but the problem with going to God for many people is that God says, I will give you what you want. Those who delight in me will get the desires of their hearts. Psalm 37, 4. But with God, we have to conform to his image. We have to recognize that we are unholy and that he is holy, that we are not wise, that he is wise. We have to be willing to change. We have to give an exchange of who we are and what we want in order to get what we really want. And most of the time, we don't even know what that is. And most people, the lie of the world and these gods of vain imagination that have been invented by mankind say, oh, you can get what you want and you can still do what you want. You can have everything that your heart desires and you can continue in your sin. And that is a lie from the enemy. Later in 65, beginning in verse 17, it talks about the new heavens and new earth. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. And I believe that potentially this is talking about the millennium reign of Christ, the Messiah, when he returns as prophesied in Revelation chapter 20. So when Jesus returns, he will usher in this 1,000-year period in which he reigns physically on earth. This, this is my understanding. And those who are faithful in the kingdom and those who do the hard work of becoming righteous, of working and becoming wise and being conformed into the image of God will be reigning with him, my understanding. And this can't be talking about heaven specifically, because in heaven there will be no death. And so it's like this in-between phase of the world better than it is now, like restored to what it was like in the Garden of Eden before sin entered, and yet there will still be some death, it appears, because in verse 20, a nursing infant will no longer live only a few days, or an old man will not outlive his days or live out his days. Indeed, the one who dies at a hundred years old will be mourned as a young man. The one who misses a hundred years will be considered cursed. People will have houses and build them and live in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. You won't labor without success. In other words, you'll be successful as you work. We won't be working in heaven. You won't bear children destined for disaster. I don't think anybody's going to be born in heaven. 
They will be people blessed by Yahweh along with their descendants. Even before they call, I will answer, God says. While they're still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like cattle. So there's this picture of this coming kingdom where God is there. And it seems like life is similar to what it's like now, but it's, it's almost like people will live to be hundreds, if not a thousand years old, like the people at the beginning of Genesis. So it seems as though there's going to be this restoration, the final day of the week, this seven day, the seventh day, the this period of rest in which Jesus is king, the king of kings, and those who have done the hard work of being conformed into his image during this lifetime will be reunited with him. They'll be resurrected. And in Revelation, it says, though this is the first Resurrection and those who partake of it are blessed and holy, and they will be a priesthood. So it's something to look forward to. If this is new to you, I would encourage you to study it. Let's have a conversation around it. Definitely do not claim to have all of this figured out, my friends, but it seems most plausible to me from all of the different ways that I can look at this eschatology or study of the end times. Curious, what are your thoughts? What do you think this period is talking about? Please share your comments in our Facebook group. Let's have a conversation around it, along with your prayer requests. And as you do that, may God bless you while you're seeking him. And we will see you tomorrow.